Welcome to Nourished Minds. I'm your host, Ellis, and I'm super excited to be sharing unfiltered and in-depth conversations around mindset, business, and lifestyle. I will also be interviewing some incredible individuals to come on and share their innate wisdom around all things mindset too. Our minds are such powerful tools and they deserve to be nourished. They deserve to be nurtured and grown and developed along the way. And this is the space where we can have these conversations to support your evolution. So tune in each week where I'll share a new episode. And if you want to connect further, connect with me at Ellis Rose Coaching on Instagram. But for now, let's go straight into the episode. Well, welcome back. I'm super excited today because I've got a great friend of mine, Charlie Owen, with us to have the flow conversation that you'll know my episodes are about and to really delve into some key topics, which be men's mental health and also dabbling into a little bit of relationships as well and having some insights from Charlie on what that looks like and some things that he's seen within that space. So, Charlie, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Amazing. My name's Charlie Owen. I help men master their mindset so they can actually attract the high value women they desire. And I'm also a man who never knew he'd end up where he is. Like I've always just followed my curiosity ever since I was young. And I had that self-awareness around what my intentions were, what my motivations were, especially when young. So I come from a super small town in North Wales and there's like 2,000 people there, and I lived there for 23 years, and I got closed into this space, and then all I cared about was making more money than the people around me. And that was my only motivation. So I had a partner, a long-time partner at the time, and all she wanted to do was travel, and I was in the midst of buying this big business because it was gonna make me all the money. So there's a big divide in between us. Mm. And then after a year of trying to buy this business for multiple millions of pounds, it fell through in the end after a year, and I invested over 30,000 pounds in this business, so that fell through. And my relationship was the worst it's ever been. So I was like, right, the decision's here. Either the business goes through or I go move to Australia. So the business fell through, so I moved to Australia. And then before I got to Australia, I went to Thailand and then just traveled around there for two weeks. And this was during the pandemic. So everything was kicking off, so much Mm. uncertainty. And I had to let go of everything, just living in this complete different environment for two, three weeks in Thailand, seeing such a different perspective on the world. Because I was so in my own little fishbowl of what the people around me were like. Mm. Like, I was such a big fish in my small fishbowl, I felt like. But when I got into this environment, like going around Bangkok and visiting all the islands and stuff, I saw such a different way of life that really opened my mind up. Yeah. So then we eventually got into Australia the day before the border shut. And then I went into regional work just to stay in Australia. I didn't like that, but it's something I had to do because I knew I loved it in Australia. And then... I just moved around, like I moved to Brisbane, lived in a city for the first time and also came up with a seven year relationship. So it was a huge turning point in my life where it was like, I've lost my identity of being with this person for seven years. I wrapped my identity so much in that. And then I also just moved to a city for the first time ever living in a city on my own, didn't know anyone. And I realized the patterns of my old relationships, I couldn't be single, I couldn't be on my own. Mm. So I really struggled at that time. And looking back, now I can see it's such a superpower for men to learn how to be happy on their own. Yeah. Like most people's problems stem from their inability to sit in a room by themselves quietly. Like sit with a voice inside their own head. 
So I realized that, then I started getting into personal development, I started meditating, I started reading, I started journaling, all these things were helping me. And instead of using a journal to note down my learnings, I was using social media. And then I was putting this content out on social media and it's helping so many other people. And then next minute, someone asked me if I do coaching and I'd never heard of coaching at this time. But I was like, fuck, I can make a full-time income helping people. And that completely lights me up. So I followed my curiosity as I did through the rest of my life, previous life. And then I stumbled on NLP and I just learned the skills to actually help men that were like me a few years ago that were struggling in relationships, struggling to be alone, just struggling to define their value as a man. So now I get to give back to the people who are maybe a bit further behind on their journey. So that completely lights me up. So yeah, it's been an amazing path to get here and I never thought I'd be here, but I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, I love that. And I actually literally this morning spoke about how we all have a journey, right? And you've literally just solidified something I spoke about, which was honoring every part of our journey as like it's teaching us everything and where we are now is exactly where we need to be. And I see so many people hating on parts of their timeline or their journey because it's tough or it wasn't what they wanted or they're looking back and going, I didn't like that version. And disassociating rather than realizing like this journey that we're on is going to have its ebbs and flows and if we're in that mindset of knowing that we can learn you know something from everything and honor each part of that journey like you have just shown that every part of your journey has got you to where you are um yeah and i think it's so important like i i'm also not from australia like i've done a similar thing for you um as you leaving England and coming here. And there was so much that I learned through that. I didn't plan it. I just followed what felt good, learned so much about myself. And one of the first things that happened was, oh, okay, now I'm not in my familiar environment with my familiar friends and the things I know and the things that feel safe. I'm now the other side of the world on my own, not being able to sit with myself because I actually don't know who I am. And that was my catalyst as well of like, okay, I don't even like the fact that Like if I'm on my own, it means I'm a loner, you know, and it was finding all these things that I really needed to clear up. Um, But that's the best part of a journey when you embark on new things and learn from previous things as well. Yeah, and that loneliness can spark some negative behavior. I remember I was like, I'd rather hang around negative people than be alone. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to be alone. Like the thought of me being alone and have to deal with the voice inside my own head, I'd rather distract myself. Yeah. So every weekend I was getting pissed I was doing drugs, I was casually sleeping around. Yeah. And it's all things just to dampen the fire. Like a lot of men, they have a fire inside their belly. Like they're capable of so much, they have so much potential, but they keep dampening that flame with different distractions yeah. like porn, gambling, drugs, alcohol. Yeah. And that's what I was doing a lot of the time. I was dampening what was inside me because I knew I was worth more than what I was currently doing. Correct. But I wasn't actually pursuing that. And that's what made me feel the worst. Like the fact that I wasn't pursuing my potential. And even you mentioned parts of your story that served you. I remember I was living in Brisbane. I was 25 years old. And I was serving coffee, making $25 an hour. And what I wanted to do was be this big entrepreneur, this coach. And I was like, I'm so far away from that. I feel like shit serving coffee to old women for $25 an hour. I was like, wait, this is serving me because this is funding my education to yeah. be able to do that. So appreciating every step of your journey and realizing it's serving where you want to go. Yeah. And I love what you just spoke about then in regards to the numbing, right? Like same here, you know, I used to drink all the time. And again, rather than being alone, I was like, actually it'd be easier just to go out with the girls and just get absolutely hammered tonight. 
And I see this in a lot of people is the numbing, is the avoidance, is, you know, they'll go to work all week and they're waiting for that Friday and that Saturday night to go out and get absolutely hammered. And then on the Sunday, they're left feeling depressed. They don't like how they feel. They don't like looking at their bank account. You know, they have that depressed, they then go and do the week again. And it's like, what are you actually avoiding? Like, what would you actually have to face if you weren't doing this? What if you were to sit with your thoughts or actually realize that having the ups and downs with our mind is normal, right? We have a spectrum of emotions. So if we're feeling low, rather than avoiding it and numbing it and coming back to mediocrity, why don't we face it? And I think this is something, you know, women are aware of, men are aware of, but definitely with men, I think it's something that needs to be normalized more because I feel like there's this perception of like, men have to have the strong hat but yet we all feel like this at some point. We all feel the lows and it needs to be normalized. It's actually a normal feeling, but it's a normal feeling when you can accept it, grow from it and move on and utilize it as a catalyst of growth. But it's it's normal. Like we're, we're yeah. meant to feel this spectrum of emotions. Yeah, and men fear this vulnerability. But vulnerability is just consciously choosing to not hide your emotions and desires from others. Mm. No way on that is that weakness. and there's a big spectrum isn't there with emotions with men it's like the hardened man who doesn't show any emotions that pushes everything down and then there's the man that feels sorry for himself and he drowns in self-pity all the time it's like neither man is integrated neither man is happy but when you can actually flex both when you can stand up as a man and get the job done when you need to and shut off your emotions and being able to open up about your desires and your emotions what you're going through then that creates a well-rounded man yeah and that's what i'm trying to teach to men because like the depression rates in men are unbelievable mm. and the suicide rates in men are incredible. And it's because they don't know who they're supposed to be anymore. Like society's telling them one thing, they're feeling another thing. They're like, I'm feeling these emotions, these emotions are wrong. There's something wrong with me. Because society's telling you, you can't do that. So they are lost, they're completely lost. And that's yeah. the main thing with men, I feel. They don't know who they are, they don't find their values, they don't know what they want from life. So they just give in to anything that's around them. And in this modern age, there is a lot of things around them. Yeah. With pornography, with social media, so much comparison. They're watching Andrew Tate drive around in McLarens and they think, fuck, my life is so shit because I'm nowhere near that. Yeah. So it's just about taking that first step, right? A hundred percent. And I think with what you said there as well, like there's so much expectation for people to need to know what they want to do at such a young age. And this was another reason of why I was like, right, I'm booking a one-way flight to Australia was because people will go into uni. I honestly knew deep down in my gut, I was like, I have no interest in uni. I have no idea what I want to study. I have no idea what I want to do when I grow up. So why would I just go for the sake of it? So I was like, cool, well, I'm actually just going to work my ass off, save and travel. And I'm just going to go from there. And I still see people, you know, trying to fit in this societal mold of like, you finish school, you go to uni, you get a job, you make money, you get rich. And it's like, No, what if you were to be okay that if you don't know what you want to do, actually that's probably one of the best things because you get to know yourself more and go and try new things to see what fits the mold. And it doesn't have to be. So it's like, there is, and and I know the feeling of when you're sat there and you think, I wish I just knew what I wanted to do. Like, I wish I just knew, I wish I could enjoy my job and have it all. But there is so much beauty in that journey. And I think it's just a pressure when we're so young that we have to have it figured out. And we we actually don't. Mm. A lot of young people have blinders on and just realize like this is a path that's set out for me and this is what I'm gonna walk. Yeah. 
and everyone's taught just to look in front of them like when they're born be a good boy be a good girl so when you go to school you're good mm -hmm. when they're in school be a good boy be a good girl so you can go to high school get good grades so you go to uni yeah be well in uni so you can get a good job be good at your job so you can climb the ladder and this is where midlife crisis come yeah people get to 40 years old they're in the best career ever they thought and then they actually hate their life they hate the wife they're sleeping with they're not having sex anymore they don't like their kids they hate waking up every single morning going to their job and it's because they never never actually picked their head up and decided what they wanted when they were younger so i'm so passionate about younger people especially men in their teens and 20s to actually find out what you want to do with your life because mm. there's no point climbing a ladder if it's getting lent against the wrong building yeah yeah literally and it, it, and it is a journey and it, it's something that you have to be willing to look inside of yourself rather than waiting for the external environment to keep filling the voids that you're waiting to fill like you can only fill them voids but they don't fill when you go internally you just get to work out what they are however the quick fix that we're used to is how do we fill it which is with the numbing and the avoiding and things like that so there's like there's so many layers to either mental health or men's personal development and being in that space. But I think the biggest thing is like, with wherever you're at is perfect right now. And if you don't know what you wanna do, that's actually exciting. And because you get to shape that, right? You get to choose. You don't have to just do something because it seems right. And I know naturally men want to provide, but what if you could provide for yourself and go inwards and actually just stop scrolling on social media stop utilizing as much alcohol to numb the feelings and doing drugs and spending money and gambling and watching porn what if you were to just start changing the small things you know less time on social media more time of getting to the gym and eating healthy listening to podcasts like it's these small changes where you'll actually start to hear perspectives from other people that are on this journey rather than this small community that you have that are probably feeling the same as you because it's not going to serve you listening to the validation of what they're feeling as well yeah I tell young men all the time if you don't know what to focus on focus on yourself yeah like if they don't know where to put their effort be the best version of you like get mentally strong become articulate read books become comfortable with the voice inside your own head be mm. able to sit with yourself also go to the gym get in the best shape of your life like that'll provide you so much confidence that'll teach you discipline that'll teach you grit that'll teach you to do things when you don't even feel like it and when you do know what you want to do with your life you'll be able to map those things across and take those skills into your career. But until you know what to do with your life, put that effort towards you. And then that self-discovery, like keep saying yes to yourself and then you'll find out what you want to do. Like the path will re reveal itself as you keep walking. Yeah. People don't take action because they don't know which way they're going. But taking action is actually how you find out where you're going yeah. and what path you want to do. Like it's always that find your purpose, choose your purpose thing. It's like people wait for it to reveal itself but you have to go out and find it. It doesn't find you. Yeah. So take action and then the path will reveal itself. You start doing things and be like, oh, I like that, but I didn't like that. I'll mm. go that way. Oh, I like that, but I didn't like that. I'll go that way. And then slowly over time, you'll get to a point where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I've got to this point. Because improvement is invisible in a lot of ways. It's yeah. not until you look backwards, you're like, oh fuck, I've come so far. Like I'm sitting here on a podcast right now talking. And I'm like, I remember me being a shy little insecure boy in hmm. a farm at 20 years old. I'm like, how have I got here? Yeah. I haven't even noticed. But improvements like aging, if you look at yourself in the mirror every single day, you won't notice improvement. Yeah. But you look at a photo of yourself from 10 years ago, you're like, whoa, I've aged. So 
even if you don't see the improvement, it's happening. Just compare mm. you against you five years ago and you'd be like, wow, I've actually come a long way. Yeah, and that's it. And that's where, when you can be so present in each moment that you're moving in, sometimes we miss, like the presence gives you the points where you don't miss parts of your life, but that's when you look back and you can actually go, wow, like look how far I've come. And think like the thing you're doing right now, like you once dreamt of that. And that was one thing that got me was when I realized like a lot of my life right now was once a dream. So whatever I'm dreaming of right now, it's actually just time's waiting to catch up because that will happen too. So can you see how many dreams you're current or you've lived and you're living and how many dreams you have that you will also be living? And it's just this trust factor, isn't it? Of like every step you take, take is absolutely perfect. And everything that happens on that windy road was meant to be on that windy road. As long as you can come from the perspective of what is this teaching me? What am I learning? And for what purpose did that happen? Rather than being in that victim mind of everything happens to me, like looking back and regretting and slating parts of your life. It's like it all comes together and compiles into one like perfectly drawn journey with that outlook. Yeah, and if you were to create a human being right now, if you wanted to be a confident, disciplined human being, what would you put them through? Mm. Would you give them an easy life or would you put them through some hardship? Yeah. Would you make them force themselves to get better? Or would you just plonk them down with no idea how to stand up for themselves, who they are? No, you put them through that adversity to get them to the point where they can stand up for themselves, know what they want, pass through this adversity. Yeah. So your journey is like perfect for you and appreciate every moment. Like you said, where you're at right now is was once a dream. But sitting here right now, humans are looking, what's the next thing? It's like, appreciate where you're at and work hard towards where you're going. Because like, happiness is not the way humans are designed. Like, our main instinct is survival and evolution. Mm. If humans were happy for the history of mankind, we'd still be cavemen, because there wouldn't be any reason to get better. But the human condition is that we're unhappy and we want more. Yeah. And continuously wanting more is the human condition. So having something in front of you that you're working towards is the biggest cheat code because you'll never be happy being stagnant. Things are either dying or growing. Yeah. Like you'll never be happy when you're stagnant. So have something in your future excited about and then work towards that. Challenge yourself. Like too many men are without challenge at the moment. Yeah, massively. Like they're just floating. <laughs> yeah. And it's... And... I know there was a part of like relationships topic that was going to come up today. And the one thing I just thought through all of what you were saying was the biggest piece of my growth was when I was in a relationship because it was a massive reflection of the things that I hadn't seen or integrated myself. And it was finding how do I fit into this dynamic? How do I allow us both to play out in this relationship as our best possible beings, but knowing that we're actually both a reflection of growth and the re and Honestly, like if I'd have known going into a relationship was going to be the biggest growth within myself, I wouldn't have believed it because I just thought like, it's all the good stuff. It's all the lovey-dovey stuff. And yet when you get to know someone, you start to have your triggers play out. You know, it's the communication piece where, you know, it's like you want to avoid the, certain the conversations that you don't like about yourself yeah and it's like and it's this massive projection piece and that was probably like i'd done a lot of growth anyway and this was then like really dealing with the things that i'd probably avoided or i'd been numb to um and bringing out the parts of me that i just hadn't realized were there so 
that was my next like evolution of self. It was like Ellis part one, Ellis part two. And then in a relationship, it was like Ellis part three. And it's like this re-becoming from utilizing someone else as a reflection for growth, which I think is really powerful when it comes to relationships because people think, oh, it didn't work out because he was like X, Y, and Z. But it's like, well, actually, if you'd have worked on it and realized that there was some essence of yourself in there, could you have worked on it? Would you have still been together? Um, so yeah, so when you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, it's interesting because we have to grow within ourselves, but how can we utilize the reflections around us to optimize that as well? Yeah, relationships are the biggest key for growth. And a lot of men are looking for relationships at the wrong time. Like if you're a man and you haven't got a car, you haven't got an income, you're fat, you're depressed. It's like, what are you doing looking for a relationship? Because you're going to attract a mirror image to yourself. So you're going to attract, if you're low value in yourself, you're going to attract a low value woman. And that's going to pull you back the rest of your life. Like the most important decision you face is who you spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. And if you're at a point where you're not the best version of you and you go out and find a partner, then who do you think you're going to attract? Someone that's also not in the best place. Someone low value. So the best thing men can do is actually get in shape, become mentally strong, develop high income skills, earn an income. Mm. Like this is how you attract those high value women. And then when you get into the relationship, there's loads of things you can do, like rupture and repair. So ruptures when like the triggers come up, the negative emotions, conflict. And then you get to learn from that. You get to first like apologize for your spot, forgive the other person for what they've done, teach the other person how you want to be loved and treated. Yeah. And then actually learn what the other person's teaching you as well. Like relationships are the best personal development, but you want to get yourself to a point where you can attract the person you want to attract. Yeah. Rather than being in a relationship to fill a void. And oh, that, that was is... me completely. Like, yeah. I remember jumping out of one relationship to another because I was hurt from the last one. So I filled that void of loneliness and just jumped straight back into the other one. But unhealed wounds from past people is going to bleed on the next people you meet. Yeah. So it's so important to actually become happier on your own before getting in a relationship. 100%. And sometimes what happens is people go, okay, cool. I'm not happy in this relationship because he won't change in X, Y, and Z. And this is what's coming up they leave and they go, oh, I feel so much better. Like, you know, I'm really calling in this sort of person. They enter a new relationship and then those same wounds come up. And again, not the right person. And it's like, how long are you gonna keep repeating the same cycle without looking within yourself first and going, okay, how is this me? How can I check that this is something that I need to integrate? Because for as long as you avoid integrating and looking in yourself, it's gonna show up in other areas of your life which if it's relationships and you're not changing that and you're not healing that, will continue to come through. Yeah, the outside world will keep revealing the same issues until you sort them. So you're just gonna keep recreating the same issues until you sort it in yourself. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you've been hurt in previous relationships and it keeps happening, the common denominator in all this is you. It's like, yeah. what is it within me that's attracting these types of relationships? And then actually sit with yourself and figure this stuff out before you go into a next relationship. Because it's not fair on you because you'll keep recreating it. Yeah. And it's not fair on the other person. Yeah. And it is. It's getting yourself to that point where you know you're, you know yourself so much that entering a relationship, you know what you're happy with and what you're not happy with. You know what you're willing to accept. You know what you're calling in. You know your boundaries. You know, you know what type of person you're ready for. And I remember when I entered my relationship, um, I definitely had some attachment style wounds still present that I 
definitely utilized and that was probably stemming from the point where I'd landed in Australia, spent time on my own and gone, who the fuck am I? I have no idea what I enjoy, how to fill my time. I've realized that I've got a complex equivalence that being alone is a loner. So I had a negative connotation with being by myself. Negative thoughts were so present in my life and I'm like, how how do I even start my journey? But the biggest thing was like, I don't even know what I want or who I am. And then I entered a relationship and I'd done a lot of work before that. But the thing that I noticed was I still had this same fear of being alone. So my partner's quite independent. So he'd be like, okay, oh, I'll just let you know at the weekend, I'm here, here and here. And I'd be like, and I'd have this deep, like rejection. rooted of like, yeah, rejection and anxiety of, what am I going to do? So I didn't care what he was doing. I had no interest because it came, my thoughts came straight back to me of like anxiety. What am I going to do with that time? How am I going to feel that time? And that was something that it took me a while to work through to be so comfortable and present in my own space. And now I love my space. Like if he's going out, I'm like, amazing. Like I can do this. I can even just read for the day. Like I have so much knowing in myself and comfortable feelings with my own relationship that it's actually beautiful where it wasn't like that so I managed to heal that within my relationship but some people never heal it they continue to move through a relationship with all of these attachment style issues or traumas that are bonding this relationship together yeah two things come up when you're speaking then first one is if you don't know who you are and you get with someone you'll just become who they are yeah and it's not going to be you being true to yourself so figuring out who you are what you want from life mm. there's someone fitting into your life like that's the best option then another one is it's okay to be clingy and affectionate and needy because as long as you meet someone who's the same like if you're a very needy and you're clingy and you're affectionate you love physical touch and you get with someone who's super introverted doesn't like physical touch not really affectionate at all like there's going to be a big mismatch there mm. and a lot of people will be like one person will feel smothered while the other person will feel abandoned. Yeah. So it's okay to feel like this. These attachment styles of wanting to spend 24 seven your partner, that's okay if the other person's similar. Yeah. So it's about finding the person that's right for you because you'll end up feeling either smothered or abandoned in that relationship if you don't find the right person. So a lot of people have these things like wanting to spend time 24 seven together is a bad thing. You need your own space. But me and my partner spend like, most of the time together and we're so so happy and there's just no right and wrong it's just no. you and what's best for you going forward yeah literally and it's getting to know that person at a deeper level and getting to know your but more importantly prior to that knowing yourself at that deeper level and I think this is where a lot of people if they are avoiding miss this they miss this point of getting to know themselves and then this is where a dynamic of relationship doesn't work or whatever it might be so it's like out of any of this that you're taking away is like go and do the inner work first right if you're trying to fix all the external things in your world then you need to reflect and actually come inwards because you can continue finding a new job working for money you know upgrading the car and filling the void with these external you know feelings but you're never going to actually feel the one you really need yeah and for people wanting to get into a relationship like the main thing is on one hand neediness is okay if you meet that person but a lot of time if the needier you are the less attractive you are to the other person yeah they'll just be like nope 
Like if you're a woman and a man's coming to you and he just won't stop texting you, he wants to meet all the time, he flips out, he double texts you if you don't text him back. Like women reject that stuff. So that often comes from men not being happy themselves. Yeah. And I remember that totally. When I was dating and I'd message someone, I was getting my self-worth with from how many women I can sleep with, how many women I can have texting on one go and women wouldn't text me back. Like I'd attach my self-worth to that. Mm. So when that fell through, I'd be so sad with myself. Yeah. But when that's a, that's a needy man right there, that's me seeking validation from other women. But when I'm happy in myself, when I'm from a place of abundance and I know who I am, I'm confident. When that woman feels that there's no neediness there, there's just a want, there's a desire, then that's what causes attraction. Like a lot of men, they might be the most handsome, ripped, wealthy person ever. But if they're needy, like women can smell that yeah. from a mile away. So it's like you letting go of all those negative attachments and the need for that woman. And that's how you actually attract more women. It's such a yeah backwards thing. It's such a paradox. Like the less you need a woman, the more, more women you'll attract. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because and women are probably going to be like, yes, I get this. Is like when you are looking at a man, you can see their insecurities a mile off, mm. right? Your insecurities will glow through. And I remember it's um, like when I was younger, the way I used to perceive like not ego, but you know, the typical, like not typical guy, because I hate to frame it like that. But you know, when you come across some guys where it's like, I'm the man, I'm this, I'm that, I'm attractive. And when I was younger and I didn't make sense of a lot of awareness, and again, I had no idea who I was at the point, so how was I gonna get that with someone else? That was attractive to me. And the more I then got to know myself, entered the personal development space, really got to know the mind and how we work, I look back and I'm like, wow, you were so insecure. Wow, like your validation was through this technique that you were posing, like this front that you were putting on. So when you are aware, you can see through all of this. And this is like, if you can be so certain and happy in who you are, like you said, again, you're not, you know, being desperate or pesty you actually hold so much more of a safety piece for a woman to come to when you're so certain in that I'm me rather than the opposite of like, hey, 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 you know, text me back, all of this. That brings insecurity and uncertainty compared to the opposite where the quieter and the more humble you are in your own personality, that is what's more attractive. Yeah, and I, re I remember times, like when I used to work in a cafe in Brisbane, when I was dating a girl, when I was engaged with a girl, I w I'd get loads of numbers off girls in the cafe because I wasn't, there's was no need there for any other girl. Mm. So I'd get numbers. And then when I was single in this cafe, I wouldn't get any numbers from girls. And I was like, I feel no difference in myself. But there's obviously like a feeling that whole The energy, that, the. Yeah. It's just, it's so real. When you're incomplete in yourself, other people feel that. So yeah. they're like, I don't want an incomplete person. A lot of people go into relationships like, it's 50-50. It's like, no, it's 100 and 100. If you need that other person to be happy, that creates codependency. Yeah. And that creates really negative attachment styles. So until you're happy on your own, that relationship's gonna suffer for that. Because like when you need that other person, they become your life. What happens when you break up? Your life goes to shit. Yeah. I have a friend back home who, his relationship was everything to him. 
Like he put all his effort into his relationship. He quit his job. He moved hometown. He wasn't going to the gym that much. He was just eating ice cream, watching Netflix. So he got out of shape as well. Then the relationship fell through and he had nothing in his life. He forgot to focus on every other part of his life because he was so focused on relationship. Then that one thing fell through. Do you remember that TV show, The Million Dollar Drop in the UK? Yeah. It's where you put all your money, all your chips on one thing rather than spreading them out and keeping yourself happy. Then that one thing drops. You You've lost all your yeah. money. It's so interesting. And it's just, and do you know what actually reminded me when you are saying that? It's like people that put their whole life into their career. They're chasing the next promotion. They're chasing the next um, like financial goal. And it's like, that is everything for them. But it's like, but what else are you giving yourself? What else is important? And I think sometimes what happens is we live in a fast paced world if we allow it to be like that. And we can get so focused on what we believe is to be success or what you know an ideal lifestyle should look like, which might be a successful job, a great relationship, you know, the car, the family home, whatever it might be. But ultimately deep down, are you actually happy? Because I talk to so many people that are like, yeah, work's all right. Or yeah, my relationship's all right. And I'm like, fuck. Like, yeah. like where's, yeah, like why is mediocrity such a normal thing? Like you should be thriving. And this is where I say to a lot of my clients, like if you're not thriving in it, either let it go or change it. You know, the same with a relationship. Like if you're not thriving and it's not going your way, as long as you're not avoiding projections and you're not avoiding your own piece of growth, like if you're not happy and it's not the right person, why are you there? And a lot of people fear change. A lot of people fear the unknown. And a lot of people think, well, what if I don't meet someone else? So they they stick to this. I'll stay with the same job. I'll stay with the same person because it's more certain and more comfortable than not knowing what's next. And it's like, how can we get so comfortable in ourselves that we don't have to have our whole life planned out? We're actually okay that searching for that true happiness within ourselves is more important than sticking to the things that just bring okayness i love that you mentioned mediocrity i feel mm. like my tagline at the minute is the war on mediocrity i'm just <laughs> sick of it like it is so easy to be a top one percent man which also means it's so easy to be fall into that mediocrity like it's so easy to be addicted to social media and porn and gambling and alcohol and all this and like validation from others which also means it's really easy to be the top one percent and not give into that stuff all it takes is a little bit of discipline a little bit of focus a little bit of self-work and you can be that top one percent mm -hmm. man and like life isn't fair especially in the dating market the top 20 percent of men get access to 100 percent of women the bottom 80 percent of men don't get access only get access to like the bottom 20 percent of women like it's crazy that if you just put a little bit of work in, you become high value. Mm. And a lot of men feel like I'm ugly, I'm not as good looking, I haven't got as good of a job. But that really doesn't matter. As long as you become confident in who you are, like attraction, physical is only like 10% of attraction. It's that neediness that creates unattractive people. It's that certainty in yourself which creates that real attraction. So it's so easy to succeed in a world where everybody's mediocre. Yeah, and it's so funny because <laughs> when when you said about the attraction piece when we're younger we think that's what it is it's like oh he's good looking he's good looking he's good looking and 
you forget personality. You all of a sudden forget that the biggest part of an attraction piece is actually who they are, not what they look like. And I learned the hard way quite a few times of like, oh, well, he's good looking, I'll go there. And learning the hard way that actually like, it doesn't last, it's not, there's nothing in that. It's the depth that someone offers, it's the connection, it's the personality, it's who they are. And that's why who you are is so important because if if you feel like you don't know yourself or you don't know what you wanna do or you feel like you're nothing or whatever it is, you're actually, not like you said, in that state of attracting that top 1% because you're not giving yourself that opportunity. Mm. It's like you've instantly just created this like, oh, okay. Yeah, and there's a big difference between narcissism and confidence. Like when you're just delusional and you just put on this front of absolute confidence, you're making all the noise, you're making all the jokes, you're the life of the party, but you're actually really insecure underneath. The only women you'll attract is these immature women. Like you mentioned when you were younger, you were attracted to that that confident alpha male that he looked like on the outside. Mm. Like those men will attract immature women a lot of the times. Yeah. Because the mature women who have worked on themselves can smell that a mile off. They can smell that, that confidence comes from insecurity. Yeah. But it's those quiet, confident, sure of themselves men that attract the women they actually want. Yeah. So yeah, it's so important for men to actually do the work. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's just realizing that this because I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've seen this, I've heard it, but like a lot of personal development is in a relationship, first of all, mostly led by women because they're like, oh, I don't feel great. So what can I do about it? And that often then allows the men to lead in that space after because they're like, oh, okay, cool. And it like opens up that um, opportunity of like growth and wanting more is normal. And the awareness piece that you can create for yourself or in a relationship is so powerful when you do the work. And would you rather have more awareness or be so unconscious and life leading you around where you actually never feel that level of happiness that is that is possible for everybody? And it comes from doing the work. Like you have to do the work and it doesn't have to be all in one go. Like doing the work for me is gonna look like a lifetime, right? It's not gonna be an overnight thing but I've noticed how much I've evolved and changed on my journey from committing. And I'm sure you can look back and realize that you're the same Charlie throughout, but there's many different versions of you from just new learnings, awarenesses, breakthroughs, you know, healing to get you to be in an incredible relationship, to be leading a life in Australia, to be, you know, going to travel. Like if you hadn't have done this, where would you have been? Yeah, a lot of, like you touched on, the openness of women doing the work compared to men and it's so true like women are trying women are more out there than men at the moment like three out of four ever, ever three out of four bachelor degrees in america are women now like more and more women are going to university and less and less men are going and it's creating such a divide now and it's the same with personal development women are so much more open to going to personal development events meditating reading books journaling where a lot of men still hold this front that it's very feminine to do that. Mm. And I tell a lot of men, it's just about taking the first step. For yeah. me, it was 10 minutes of meditation. Like that was my first step into personal development. And I never knew it would end up here. Like think about people like Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, 
like Zuckerberg didn't know he was going to create the Facebook. Yeah. He just took the first step. And the same as me on a smaller scale. I didn't know I'd be coaching men and live in Australia and wanting to settle down here. I just took the first step. Mm. So it's about taking that first step into who you truly are. Yeah. Then that's how you create the authentic version of yourself, just continuously following your curiosity. Yeah, 100%. And not seeking certainty. Low, like so many of us want to have certainty in what's next. And it's like, you take the next step, the next pave will be put down. Do you take another step? there will be another one put down for you. Like you can't expect to have your whole path paved and go, cool, I'm just gonna follow this now. Like it doesn't work like that. And sometimes it can feel scary in the way that I explain this to clients is like, you might feel like right now with the goals that you have and the things you want, you're stood at the bottom of the mountain and you're looking at the top and you're wondering like, how am I gonna get there? But what if you were to just think of every step you took along the way and put it into bite-sized pieces but the most important thing is you just focused on that next step. Before you know it, you'll be at that top of the mountain, focusing on the next mountain you wanna climb, but you have to just start. You can't sit and wonder if it's gonna be worth it and if it's gonna work out and if you're gonna fail. Like You have to just start and it will work out. But that is the one thing that I think holds a lot of people, men and women, is that lack of certainty. And we just have to get used to, like if there's something certain, well, is there any growth there? Yeah. And what you said reminded me of, I went on this podcast, we were talking, this guy who's a sobriety coach from the UK, and he's like, you don't have to be sober for the rest of your life, you just have to not drink tomorrow. Mm. And it's the same with everything, like, you don't have to have a multi-million dollar business, you've just got to take that first step tomorrow. Yeah. You don't have to be off porn the rest of your life, you just have to not watch porn today. Yeah. And then that's how you create consistency. The compound effect of you doing those small things every day, you look back, you'll be like, I can't believe how far you've gone. Like I mentioned aging. I haven't I lived with my mum and dad every single day for twenty three years. And then I'd see them every single day and I didn't notice they aged. I've been away for over three years now. So when I go back and be like, Wow, you've aged compared to then mm. because it's about looking backwards at where you've come from. And it's those little tiny day by day steps is how you make that big change. Yeah. And a lot of people never start because they think it's gonna take too long yeah massively and god like if i thought this journey was going to take too long i'd still be living in england <laughs> yeah and what else are you going to do people are like it's going to take too long it's like in five years you're going to be five years older mm -hmm. where would you want your life to be yeah like in five years time doesn't stop for you you're going to be five years older yeah whether you start this thing or not and if this thing is where you want to be in life if this goal is really meaningful for you why not take the first step and move on that journey yeah because me at the point I'm at now with a business and living my dream life and like continuously creating that. My favorite times looking back was when I was struggling, when I was not knowing where like money was coming from, when I was not knowing what I wanted to do in my life. Like that journey of finding myself, like that was the favorite part. So don't worry about being at the end. Just focus on taking the first step and realizing time doesn't stop for you. You need to just start and it'll work out. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And I, I think that probably wraps up the conversation. And I know we could chat about this for a long time. There's so many different levels and layers and, you know, things to go down. But I think it's just knowing that, you know, change is possible and just start. <laughs> like it just start. So from yourself, if you, if there's like, what advice would you give to a guy that potentially is feeling that point in their life of like, fuck, I don't like, 
I just don't, I'm not my happiest or I'm not sure what I want to do. What would you advise them to be the first step? Change your environment. Mm. Number one. Like if you just, you're just in the same environment every single day, it's going to be very hard to change. Like I've seen people come to personal development events and then go straight back into the same environment and eventually the environment just takes over. It's really hard to stay positive in a negative environment. So switching your environment, doing things that scare you, move to a brand new city, move to the other side of the world, like do that thing. Mm. It'll absolutely change your life. Like what's the worst that can happen? At yeah. the end of the day, the scoreboard goes back to zero. So there's no point staying somewhere that you're unhappy out of the fear of what you could lose. Yeah. And think instead, like what could you gain? So the first step is changing your environment, getting out of your comfort zone. The next step is being happy on your own. Yeah. Like sit with yourself, be happy on your own. And then after that, discover what you want from life. Like five years, 10 years in the future, what would a good life look like? Map it out. What would you want your physical health, your mental health, your career, your finances, your relationship, your social life? What do you want it to be like? Map out that future that you're excited about. And then next thing is getting in shape. Like that's how you develop that confidence and discipline that when you do know what you want to do with your life, you can actually apply those skills. So that's what two minutes of advice. That's what I tell your men. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And if anyone wants to connect with you or find where you are, where can they find you, Charlie? The easiest place is Instagram. So just Charlie Owen Coach on Instagram, also on TikTok, Charlie Owen Coach, and also on YouTube, Charlie Mia. Love that. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I'm sure in a few episodes time we can chat again or chat about something different. But yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you.